Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who is no bargain basement Belushi, my cheeseburger, chips, and Pepsi-loving friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm feeling very strong. I've been... I've been doing all this manual labor around my uh, household, so um, hulkish, I guess. That's what you could say. And I do like a good cheeseburger, if that counts. Well, Spider-Man in the 70s likes to make 70 references, so he made one here, and I don't know if it slipped right by you. Did you recognize when he mentioned a bargain basement Belushi? You know, we have four books to cover today. I can't recall, James B. All right. Well, he makes it in the third book we're going to cover. And the Bargain Basement Belushi reference, I'll hold off until we get there. And Uh. anybody else can make sure that I cover why I called it. (laughs) Sorry. And anybody else can discuss why I'm talking about cheeseburger chips and Pepsi when we get to the third book of our run. But we're not going to start with our third book. We're going to start with the first book. Uh, Yes, here we go back to Marvel Team-Up, everyone, from March of 1977, Marvel Team-Up 55, featuring Spider-Man and Warlock in Spider, Spider, On the Moon, written by Bill Mantelow, art by John Byrne, ink by Dave Hunt. The Warlock, who is Adam Warlock, is a golden-skinned, schizophrenic, messiah-like character uh, who is notably absent from the Infinity Gauntlet movies. He will be a key figure, though, in those same comics in a dozen or so years. But in 1977, he's making the rounds, and in Marvel Team 55, he crosses paths with Spider-Man, who, last issue, was being shot into space in a rocket. Helping Spidey safely land the rocket on the moon, the two encounter an oversized being known as The Stranger, who wants a gem that keeps Warlock alive. Eddie, your early thoughts about this first book. I, I I think it's happened, James B. This is peak <laughs> Marvel team-up here craziness. I, I was trying to explain this story to my wife, and, like, it, it, there's just so much weird stuff going on. <laughs> well, it's just it's the wildest Marvel team-up story there is. Can't debate that this is amongst the top crazy ones. Um, well, to conclude the story... While Adam Warlock is captured by the Stranger, who's just this big oversized guy, uh, Spider-Man encounters another being known as the Gardener, who initially stays out of the fight, but eventually decides to save the day. And Adam Warlock takes Spidey home. I, it is difficult to know where to start when we talk about this book. First, I mean, these names, the Stranger, the Gardener. Who came up with those? And you're right, the gardener does help defeat the stranger. And then once he's done, he he's like, all my plants are gone. Uh, and he just, he says, he I must go to another world and start again. I'm like, okay, gardener. <laughs> that was a quick interlude from you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure if they were trying to tell us that because he used his powers for fighting, it killed his plants because he's supposed to be like a peaceful person. Um, also, uh, Adam Warlock that I've mentioned a few times, a couple of things I want to tell you, Eddie. First is okay. he's got his own book <laughs> as opposed Whoa, to... Oh, he as does? A, yeah, as opposed to Punisher. Warlock's running around in his own book. So go wow. figure. Yeah, crazy, right? Also, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will have Adam Warlock in it. So you can tell oh your... Goodness. Tell your children, oh, yeah, I covered that guy in Marvel Team-Up already. 
everybody's got a gem in their head in this one, except for Spider-Man too. I'm always like, okay, things shoot out of the gem. <laughs> I can't even discuss anything in Marvel Team of Fifty Five. It's it's just it's too over the top for me. Yeah, these these power. Ge- you saw him with these gems though in Fifty Five. Everybody has a gem right. in their forehead. Yes. It, it, it even mentions in the notes here that I'm looking. I'm reading online, of course, but it says at this time the Infinity Gems were not named, and they were all just referred to as Soul Gems. Because that yeah. was what Adam Warlock's, he has the soul gem when it starts. You know, these gems are the Infinity Stones. We just don't know it yet. I, mean, I was all confused because the Gardener's like pops out of his head. And he's like, oh, it's corrupted. But then he still can fly away to wherever. Weird. <laughs> what in the world? Eddie, do you remember from the Avengers movie that the Tesseract, that little cube, the one that yes. starts off? You, remember, you know the cube, right? I know the cube, yes. Well, I was reading one of my comics the other day here. You know the Hostess commercials that appear? The Hostess mm. Twinkies. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the cube was in there, and the cube started eating like the Hostess cupcakes and Twinkies to make it happy. Because <laughs> they had a Twinkie. Yeah, I had a Twinkie. So. That's how, if they only knew that when they were doing Endgame, all they needed was a couple Twinkies. So. But, yeah. Wait till you see the guy playing Adam Warlock, too. It's going to throw you off. It's... Uh, it's not, okay. it's, not, it's not the kind of actor you would think would be in this role. I know that Adam Warlock was really designed as a, with the Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat type. Uh, <laughs> oh, great, great bass part in that. That I've played that musical several times. Awesome part. <laughs> uh, Google Adam Warlock and that, and you will see there is a connection there. But wow, yeah, first book pretty, pretty terrible and pretty strange. Let's see uh, what happens in our second of our four Marvel team-ups. <laughs> From April of 1977, Marvel team-up 56 featuring Spider-Man and Daredevil in Double Danger at the Daily Bugle by Bantalo, Bushima, and Hunt. Good job not tripping up on that title. Uh, <laughs> the story opens with Daredevil battling one of his foes called the Blizzard. When we next see the Blizzard, he is hanging out with Electro, talking to J. Jonah Jameson at the Daily Bugle. Uh, Gloria Grant appears to be the secretary this week. Did you notice that, Eddie? When you put that in the notes, I was like, she is? And I didn't notice that. Thank you for pointing it out, James B. Yeah, you're welcome. Because uh, she's the one who says, I called you, Peter. And I'm like, oh, I guess he's secretary. Uh, Daredevil shows up and Peter changes his clothes and leaps into action. J. Jonah Jameson and Globe editor Barney Bushkin, uh, who we've seen before, reluctantly decide to help out as well and they provide some comic relief as they're walking around in the background doing you know whatever it is to try to get involved in the fight but not really helping um eddie last podcast you had a new segment you wanted to try so i'm gonna try a new segment something i like to call the highlight of this issue the highlight of this issue is is how both spider-man and daredevil trick their opponents into shooting at them so when the villain misses the shot the errant blast helps the other hero or hurts the other villain uh for example electricity helps daredevil escape when this errant shot hits blizzard this has been the highlight of this issue but as usual the heroes win the villains go to jail and uh, i think daredevil actually gets Stuck there for a minute with Spider-Man's like, I got things to do. Can you make sure these guys get taken away? So there you go. (laughs) I really like how there's a three pairs of teams in this book. We have Spider-Man and Daredevil. We have Electro (laughs) and Blizzard. And we have Jay Jonah and um, the guy from... Barney Bushkin. Thank you, Barney Bushkin. (laughs) Yes. And when you say comic relief, I mean, 
it is very funny. They decide to help, and they both have chairs, and they both go to whack Electro, and they just, their chairs explode because <laughs> they accidentally hit each other's chairs. And I know you enjoy Electro's outfit, and I'm sure you enjoy him just sitting uh, in the office in his full garb with his Electro <laughs> headpiece especially on all the time. Whatever, you know, this will be, if I'm going to make a costume, I'm going to make an Electro costume because the, the suspenders combined with this giant Electro face, uh, pretty glorious. Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty slick costume. Um, it, it probably <laughs> wouldn't be that hard to make. You just have to make the, like the, no. the electric headpiece, you know. So, but uh, the next book has a costume that would be kind of a pain to make. And what's about? Tell us about the next book, Eddie. Ah, from May of 1977, Marvel Team Up 57, featuring Spider-Man and the Black Widow in When Slays the Silver Samurai. Authored by Claremont, art by Bushima and Dave Hunt. Oh, Chris Claremont has finally arrived. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be the X-Men writer for decades. It's good that he's going to help the Marvel team-ups, and there's going to be a couple issues, I think 59 and 60, that are going to be kind of notable to start things off. But we're on 57, where a bunch of goons are shooting at Spidey. Uh, these are the goons who the costumes match each other, those kind of guys. And yeah. um, while he stops a jewelry store heist, but the Silver Samurai, who's kind of an X-Men-y themed villain, uh, shows up and puts Spidey down. That's right, just takes him out. Uh, the Black Widow flies in on the champion's air car and stops Silver Samurai from slicing up Spider-Man. Okay, Eddie, it's trivia time for you. Okay. The Black Widow is one of the champions. That's right, not the Avengers, not the Defenders, not the X-Men. The Champions, a 17-issue run. I did a little bit of clarity here to get these numbers. Um, it took two or three years to slap in 17 issues, by the way. It's a team that was destined to break up when they realized eventually they have no purpose. I believe they're going to break up also in the Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man book. So we'll we'll be there at the conclusion of this. All right. Because uh, why not? They, they gotta, When are we going to close the story? Ah, we'll do it in Spider-Man. Why not? Um, <laughs> so three of the members of the five-member team have teamed up with Spider-Man. Now... The Black Widow is right here in front of us, okay? So she's telling you right. she's one of them. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, Angel was is a member who's not uh, a prominent Spider-Man uh, you know, person yet. Ooh. But there are three other members who have teamed up with Spider-Man. And I'm going to tell you the villain that they fought with Spider-Man, and then you'll impressively tell us from your memory who the hero is. Now, I think you can do this. I think the villains are okay, notable okay. enough that you should be okay. I'll give you some help if you need it. All right, here we go. First okay. one. The first uh, villain that Spider-Man teamed up with one of the members of the Champions was they fought the Orb. Do you recall the Orb? Oh, the Orb. Oh, this is uh, this is Ghost Rider. Correct. Ghost Rider, yes. and they fought the Orb. So it's like a big eye, the Orb. Yes, was, right? yes. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Second member of the team, so it's Angel, Black Widow, and Ghost Rider. Okay, so that's okay. The second member that he's teamed up with, which is the fourth member of the champions, they fought. Now they fought the City Stealers. Oh my goodness, Hercules is one of these guys. Yes, Hercules. <laughs> Look, we're putting together a team. Who's available? Right, Greek mythical Greek god. <laughs> I mean, we have Thor also, but. My very limited experience with Hercules in comic books is when he was dragging the island of Manhattan. Yeah. 
the, against the City Steelers. So, all right, Eddie, it's time for the last round of the champions. So far, you've met okay. you've met four of them. You know them pretty well. I mean, maybe not Angel as much. The last round, this might be the hardest one for you to go back. Spider-Man was teamed up with this person against Sam Bullet. Ooh, Sam Bullet. Hmm. It's tricky for me too, a little bit. Wow, this is not gonna be like the Prowler. No, it wasn't uh, the Prowler. Sam Bullet. Who is he with? Sam Bullet. Jeez. They had um, they had the typical like hero fights. You know? Yes. <laughs> not. We're not going back to like. Quicksilver here. Are we? You danced close. About five more seconds we need to move on. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't remember. You're going to have to. Sure. The answer is uh, Bobby Drake, the Iceman. Oh, oh Iceman. that's right. That's okay. You did very good. Yeah. Jeez. And I'm sorry to uh, to waste time if anybody had to listen to that. But I believe you noted that Spider-Man was telling us this book was a waste of time. Correct. Yes, at the end of this book, Black Widow and uh, Spider-Man are like going through Silver Samurai's belt, and they pull out a clay statue, <laughs> and it's some. He's like, "Hey, Widow, do you get the feeling we've all been had?" And she's like, "I don't know, my friend. I wonder if we ever will." And I can tell you, yeah, you probably have been had. <laughs> That's how the book ends. Um, Eddie. Uh, Silver Samurai, John Belushi is a Saturday Night Live actor. Um, okay. Who, he was in the Blues Brothers movie with Dan Aykroyd. Uh, yeah. He was in he, a- yeah. Animal House. Um, the Big the Big Lebowski, right? Yeah. No, John Belushi. Oh, John, oh yes, correct. My bad. That's okay. not Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yes. Anyway, he has a segment that involves him being like cho- chopping up with Ginsu knives and stuff like that. He's like a, uh-huh. he's like a samurai, basically. All right. So because... In this issue, when Spider-Man sees the Silver Samurai, he he calls him a bargain basement Belushi. Oh. So I just made a reference <laughs> to another famous Belushi skit, which is called, uh, probably called Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger. It's actually, I don't know how well this thing holds up over, you know, 40 years or whatever it takes. But the skit is that they're at a Manhattan diner, like Olympia Diner or whatever. It doesn't matter which one it is. Yeah, you know they're in New York City at a diner, and if you order food there, it doesn't matter. They they only give you what they have, you know. So people are like, "Hey, can I have uh, eggs and bacon?" They're like, "No eggs, cheeseburger." You know what I mean? And if they're like, yes, can yeah. I have a grilled cheese and a Coke, and they're like, "No, no grilled cheese, cheeseburger, no Coke, Pepsi." We have Pepsi. You know what I mean? And it's just like you get what you get, kind of in New York, you know. And yeah. only one person speaks English, and it's, just, it's like a Saturday Night Live. You know, they beat these things to death. But that's what that whole skit is about. That's why I said at the beginning. Oh, all like, right, all right. Thanks I gotta for letting us know, James. Try to educate you on the '70s if I can figure out what they're talking about. So, <laughs> Eddie, the highlight of this issue is when the Silver Samurai damages a building. Spider-Man rescues this dude from the building, Eddie, and he tells Spider-Man, like, you need to get some girders to hold this building up. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, and he puts, like, one. He's like, that's not going to work. You need 30, maybe 35 for sure. Spider-Man's like, I need 35 girders. Well, Spider-Man plays construction man, getting girder after girder. The Black Widow just fights for page after page. Eventually, Spider-Man finishes. The guy's like, yeah, that's enough. And uh, the two heroes together are too much for Silver Samurai. And the book ends. 
This has been the highlight of this issue. Does Spider-Man tell us this book was a waste of time at the end? Um, well, Eddie, does he tell us in the next book what happens? Do we, uh, does it conclude the story? <laughs> no, it does not at all. No. Uh, yeah, so this book is a waste of time. It never, it has no purpose, <laughs> and, I, and Spider-Man calls it. So, <laughs> Speaking of the next book. Uh, from June of 1977, Marvel Team Up 58 featuring Spider-Man and Ghost Rider in Panic on Pier 1. Authored by Chris Claremont, art by Sal Bushima, and P. Marcos. Johnny Blaze is filming a stunt scene on Peter's Street. But the trapster tries to cause an accident. Spider-Man saves Ghost Rider, but gets captured himself. Eventually, the trapped Spider-Man gets the best of the trapster uh, by calling him Bunky. And on page 16, he calls him Paste Pot Pete. Eddie, to quote Wikipedia... Over the years, a running gag in Marvel Comics involved heroes and villains alike reminding Trapster of his earlier name of Paste Pot Pete, which would inevitably send him flying into a rage. And it's on page 16 that it happens. And he does, he does get him angry. And uh, because Trapster is really angry, he punches Spider-Man <coughs> off his flying car and Ghost Rider barely saves him. <laughs> Anything you want to say before we conclude the story? I had trouble finding the Pace Bot Pete reference. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you found it, James B. Absolutely. Oh, I was I was waiting for it the whole time. <laughs> and then I thought they do this all the time. Is it, 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 I thought like how purposeful is this? And then I saw okay, everyone knows they do it all the time, which is great. Um, but to conclude the story, we're going to keep calling him the Trapster because they went through all the trouble of changing his name. The Trapster gets onto an aircraft carrier, and when Spider-Man shows up to fight. The Marines are on the aircraft carrier, even though there's some implication it's a naval thing, but Marines are on it, but whatever. They start shooting at everyone. And Ghost Rider has to bail Spider-Man out again. Uh, Trapster steals a plane, but the plan doesn't really work. He eventually gets cornered by Ghost Rider on the ship in an area where there's like nuclear bombs and such, like on this aircraft carrier. So, Eddie, the highlight of this issue... is when Ghost Rider destroys Trapster's mind and Spider-Man tells Ghost Rider, uh, hey, I hope you can live with yourself. And Ghost Rider's like, I am what I am. There you go. This has been the highlight of this issue. So I had no idea Ghost Rider had these kind of powers to like burn someone's soul is what it comes across as. He's a really powerful character if he could do that. Eddie, we just finished the fourth book. Um, what do you think? Offbeat, onbeat? How were these books? You know, it was funny because I was thinking about this. We had not too long ago been discussing offbeat uh, Amazing Spider-Man issues. And since we had the most offbeat Marvel team-up in existence, in my opinion, which is Marvel team-up um, number 55, we covered it first, I looked at these next three books and I, I thought like certainly Silver Samurai and this one with Pace Pot Pete are both like the epitome of on beat Marvel team ups, right? We have like the hero that also comes in with Spider-Man to help him out. And then we have the villain and it's kind of like a big battle that 
you know, progresses all throughout the book. That being said, Pacepot Pete is a very silly character, or the Trapster, as he's better known. <laughs> he's he's part of a gang. He's part of the Frightful Four. Like he's yes, they give him a backstory here. I, it was very interesting for me because what they do is they have to have like, wait, wasn't this guy in jail? You know, uh, yeah. I what I he's with the Sandman and uh, he's with the Wingless Wizard, which is an awful name, such an awful name. <laughs> Wingless Wizards. It's so That's terrible. That's his full name? I always reference him as the wizard only. He is the wow. wingless wizard. And he always tells everyone he's the wingless wizard. As much as Pacepot Pete calls himself the trapster. And then they rotate the last member because it started off with like Medusa, but then she decided she wasn't really a villain. And they just rotate different people. Whoever they rotate in often turns out to not be a villain and just leaves them anyway. Or some, hey, we found some random demon on the streets. It'll be, I'll be the member of the Frightful Four. You're the fourth <laughs> member, you know, or whoever you are. Somebody strong usually fills it in. Um, yeah. Eddie, let's squeeze in our sponsor here at the end of the show. Ah, finally. I've been waiting this whole time. Eddie, we have a very different sponsor today because often we have sponsors that uh, everybody can use. This sponsor is more specific for us than it oh. would be for our listeners. So it's kind of weird, but wow. yeah, I, I don't think all the listeners can take advantage of this. So they are going to be listening to how we feel about this. And I say we, but you know, I, obviously I put these things on you because I'm reading the copy, but here we go. <laughs> yes, of course. Eddie, today our sponsor is, I guess, sort of like a new network. I, I, you could describe it. Have you ever okay. heard of, have you ever heard of Kickstarter or Patreon? I have, yes. Okay, well, have you heard people say sometimes like, Please become a patron of our show. Yes. Okay. Well, there's a new, again, I don't know what to call it, a network. Eddie, this one here um, has super low commission fees, unlike Kickstarter and Patreon, the share that they would take. So if someone like us, Eddie, um, wanted to advertise our podcast as part of this network, we would we could save some money. This is called, it's not called Patreon or Patreon. This is called Paste Pot Patreon. Now, there are some great podcasts on this network already, and uh, I'll just mention a couple here they have listed. Um, there's a podcast uh, called How Many Girders? There's a man who will tell you how many girders it will take to hold up a building. Uh, so they discuss wow. that, yeah. Um, and there's a podcast about uh, talking about being yourself and just not changing who you are. Um, it features uh, Johnny Blaze, and it's called I Am What I Am. Um, it just describes uh, all the okay. stuff he does. So these are podcasts that are part of this network. People can join. Uh, if You can subscribe to Pacepot Patreon. They pay a small fee. And these podcasts keeps them on the air. I guess the question, Eddie, is um, do you want your podcast to be part of the Pacepot Patreon network? Uh, I, along with the Girder podcast and... Um... I, I am I'm what not, I am with from Ghost Rider. I am what I am. Yes. Johnny Blaze sits down and he, he has a you know an hour long discussion every week about that he is who he is. It's, Re- reads from his diary or something. Well, these are just other these are just other you know top level podcasts like us that are using the Pacepot Patreon network. I'm just thinking we need to come up with some new advertising situations, some new revenue streams to keep our podcast going. Uh, you know, we could. You know, our listeners could be part of the Pacepot Patreon network and, uh, you know, uh, working a, work a deal. So do you, do you think we should join this? Uh, you know, I think we need to run the numbers on this one and make sure it's worthwhile for us. I mean, you said the fee was low, but let's not jump into something. Besides, is this really the name, Pacepot 
Patreon, or does he does it go by a different name? I you know, Pastepot Pete. He could be a confusing guy. Actually, it doesn't even say he's affiliated with this. It's just called Pastepot Patreon. It could be oh. completely unrelated. I'm I'm highly suspicious that this could be a trap. I guess <laughs> a trap or a trap stir. <laughs> Both of them, James B. <laughs> well, if people wanted to let us know that. You're wrong, and we should definitely be part of the Pastepot Patreon network. How could they find us? Uh, you could email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. It just feels better when I'm driving you to the end of the show, doesn't it? <laughs> Very normal. Yeah, here's that last podcast. Um, and now it's time for the close. I'm James B., joined by... Eddie! And remember, listeners, if you're looking for someone to hang out with, try the teacher, the helper, or the doctor. Stay away from the meanie, the villain, or the trapster. Wasn't his name Pastepot Pete? Goodbye. Goodbye. I was looking up yeah. the champions to see how many issues they had. And yeah. it said the champions were created to try to fight, like, they were going to create, like, these new villains for the champions, but they didn't. They had them fight other people's villains that were, like, stupid villains. What? It had three villains on the list. Eddie, the stranger was on the list. The stranger was on the list. And I looked, and yes, there's a cover issue of the stranger fighting yeah. against the champions. What? That means that that means a stranger, the one who fought Warlock and Spider-Man, will face off against Ghost Rider and the Black Widow in the future. So bizarre. The st- I mean, the stranger just say, men call me the stranger. So I, <laughs> he must have a different name. Use a different name, man. Like, <laughs> it's a terrible name. Tell us it. It's a... Uh, so- Champions Volume 1, Issue 12, appearing in Did Someone Say the Stranger? (laughs) Angel, Hercules, Black Widow, Iceman, Ghost Rider, and there's another character. (laughs) What a crew to Angel, Black Widow, Iceman, Hercules. Got time for the synopsis? (laughs) I mean, okay, go for it. Okay. (laughs) The champions join Black Goliath in repelling Stiltman, when the villain tries to escape, Goliath chases after him alone while the champions investigate the package he was after. As Regina Claiborne is explaining why she came to them with it, the stranger bursts through the wall of their building, claiming he's there to save them from the null life bomb he created. Not remotely trusting him, the champions fight the stranger until the null life bomb begins to expand, engulfing Regina and the stranger. The champions finally listen to the stranger's cause and offer to help do whatever is needed to disarm the bomb. So the stranger teleports them to a place that Hercules recognizes from the time he invaded it, the realm of Camo Tharn. There you go. And, wow. and in the what notes, it says his first be. his first appearance was uh, Marvel Team 55. Send it over multiverse of badness. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. The stranger. Wow. I mean, wow.